Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts Lucy Davis and Benjamin Halden. So today's podcast is all about the relationship between obesity and COVID-19. Now this sparked conversation and the idea of a podcast because yesterday on my Instagram I decided to I guess talk about the elephant in the room which is the relationship between obesity, type 2 diabetes and COVID-19 which we personally don't think has been spoke enough about within the government and with what's going on at the moment. Yeah so we were debating doing this one for a little while weren't we, in regards to the topic and for I sure. think it's something that has been massively ignored and it's something that Lucy put up on a story yesterday and had a lot of feedback from and had a lot of questions about. So we thought, why not bang out a podcast on it, put a bit of content out there and help raise the awareness. But just before we actually dive into today's topic, how long has it taken us for to, to do the setup for the podcast today? Oh my gosh. So we have new mics, um, <laughs> new spit filters, a focus right thing. It honestly looks like we, I don't even know, but it is crazy so we wanted to do this set as well and we obviously wanted to improve the podcast for you guys so you well, get a we better fair, listening we experience the, we in the fitness charts last week so we have to step up our game a little bit this week with the quality so hopefully my voice sounds a little bit more angelic than usual today as I hope mine does as well <laughs> so yeah yesterday on my story I actually put up some statistics about obesity where it basically just states that an estimate of 30% of UK adults are obese now the root cause is often complicated and we also want to say we are not experts in like being politic politics politicians or COVID-19 experts or obesity experts we obviously are coaches we understand and we just want to give our opinion and we also think it's kind of our right to do this as people who are on Instagram who have a platform to share this sort of information hence what stemmed me to share it yesterday as Ben said, the feedback was absolutely insane. We'll probably go through some of those later of what people were saying. But just to give you a little bit of a background in terms of why is obesity a risk factor for severe COVID-19? Now, this is coming from research. A lot of the things we do have to say today is coming from research and evidence. It's very early research. Like very early so research. There's not, There's a not lot actually a lot the on the topic, no. Um So much like anything pertaining to the novel coronavirus is complex, which we all know anyway, it is a very complex situation. Being obese puts increased metabolic demand on your body. More energy and oxygen is required. And this is by Dr. Salaya. If the oxygen levels decline because of impaired lung function from COVID-19 infection, then an obese person's major organs will be less able to cope. Secondly, Professor Satar elaborates, when you develop the infection, some people take a severe immune hit. If you're obese, you already can't pump as much oxygen into your lungs. Your heart function is also often less efficient, further impairing delivery of oxygen to your tissue. So we wanted to say that kind of outright because they are the basic factors in terms of if you are an obese person, there is a higher risk factor that hasn't been taken into consideration or shared with people. 
Yeah, I think there's there's going to be a lot of stats on today's podcast which will raise the alarm for some people, but our intention is not to, to scare monger people or... Or fat to, shame, because it's or, or not Or fat shame, it's to help raise the awareness that we massive, we, we massively believe that the, the government are, are letting people down on when it comes to obviously saving lives and protect, protecting the NHS. So amongst everything that's going on with COVID-19, there is obviously a direct correlation with the disease and with obesity. Now, as you mentioned, we are not fat shaming or calling people out or making people feel bad because we both agree and we all know that self-love and body confidence brigade will be all over this like flies on shit. But in regards to that community of self-love, we we obviously believe it's massively important to obviously self-love your own body and that's part of the journey of losing weight. If you're not in a happy place, you're not going to be able to fulfill something understand. and you're not going to be able to reach whatever your goal is. So we do understand that for some people it may be a little bit of a harsh reality, but some people need a bit of a kick up the arse. But let me tell you something really powerful. You can't self-love if you are dead. Very powerful. Indeed. So I think it's important to realise as well and something that we often beat around the bush with is that obesity, obesity is a disease in itself. And the complications of that are that it's directly correlated to diabetes, can be correlated to cancer, and it has complications when it comes... This is also just a note, this is diabetes type 2. Type 1 is an autoimmune disease and mm. it's something you're born with, but type 2 can actually be prevented. And a lot of people who um, get type 2 diabetes is because they were obese. Mm-hmm. And in the very early stages when we were into this whole pandemic and went into lockdown and isolation, at the very start, this is obviously taken data from a couple of weeks back, but 16% of ICU emissions were due to people who were severely obese and we're not saying that you're more likely to contract the virus because you're obese but if you were to catch the virus you are at a much higher risk of death yeah and what's important what me and ben actually spoke about and what we really wanted to get across in this podcast is with so with obesity you can be obese and fit so you could you could be obese but you could go for runs you could be a really fit person you could be a power lifter you could be I don't know a bodybuilder or what you could be a very very fit person but on the scale some obviously BMI isn't that accurate it's very I, I think I'm classed as overweight on BMI I'm not even too sure because it's very it's very inaccurate but the point obviously the point is if you are obese and classed as morbidly obese you are also unhealthy and we do know that some people are or they have genetic difficulties so maybe they they have um, thyroid issues they have um, issues with their leptin and ghrelin so their hunger hormones and they do find it hard to lose the weight we completely understand that and we're not kind of just pinpointing that and we're not disrespecting any single person are we yeah that's what I mean we I think Lucy had a couple of DMs yesterday off the back of this story in regards to, well, some people's uh, obesity problems are genetic. Yeah, we understand that a small proportion of people's are to do with genetics, like uh, the monogenic causes, is it the syndromatic causes, um, like Lucy just talked about, which amplifies some weight gain within people, thyroid problems, metabolic um, issues. But it, it's still a lifestyle choice. And for me, if the, the there's been a person in the world who 
has the worst genetic makeup, which kind of creates this um, disease of obesity or the obese because of a genetic reason and they are still able to lose weight, then so are you. If there's yeah. one person that's done it, it's not, it's not a fucking excuse. Well, we have a lot of clients and members on the My Coach School who have inactive thyroids. Mm. And if you have an inactive thyroid, it is it is a little bit harder to lose weight for some people, but they have still managed to do it. So we do obviously want to say that we are taking the genetic considerations of people into consideration completely. And this is more so talking about the people who are obese and that obesity turns into type 2 diabetes which can be helped it can it can definitely be helped yeah and that's another thing i don't believe anyone is fat you, you're not born fat you are you want you you're not categorized as fat you are a human being that has accumulated some fat tissue over a period of time probably for some poor lifestyle choices that you've made along the line so you're not categorized or defined as fat you have the power you have the choice you have the um well if you go and look for it, you have the motivation to make a change you you do not have to be categorized as obese for the rest of your life there is something that you can do about it which is the good thing yeah definitely i had a very interesting message yesterday i had a few interesting messages i had one off a girl whose boyfriend is a doctor on a respiratory ward and as i said on my story he saw a lot of obese male patients between 40 and 50 years old with lifestyle factors of drinking and smoking. So if you are obese and you're also drinking and smoking, obviously your factors, these factors weaken the muscles necessary for breathing. And then obesity makes it more difficult to intubate and give the lungs a rest. Now this couple actually unfortunately did catch coronavirus and they recovered from it. And her boyfriend's now working back in the hospital. Amazing, absolutely love that. But hearing other people's experiences really hit home with me yesterday because you look at it and it's these people on the front line, they're in the NHS, they're working. I had so many messages from NHS healthcare workers saying, thank you for speaking up about this because most of the people that we are seeing are obese and it is an underlying condition that I really personally don't think the government have shared. They've kind of said like, oh, it's good to be healthy and they've not really said what what to do or how to approach it in in the best way. Yeah, this, this whole thing is about raising awareness of a, of a very real threat the government seems just swiftly acknowledged and swept under the carpet. So, and whose only advice really to the nation is moving less and and that you're eating more. Well, yeah. we know we know that because during isolation, people are going to be uh, are going to be moving less. They're going to be eating more because they're sat right next to the fridge at an arm's length. They're going to be probably suffering from more mental health issues than ever before because they have a lot to be stressed about. Mm-hmm. So I just telling people, oh, you can go outside and exercise once per day. Oh, cheers, Boris. It's fucking brilliant. It doesn't give people um, enough alternatives or educate people to really understand it and then take action with it. Yeah. Now, with what Ben said there, and statistically, obviously, it's America and then it's the UK who have... The, that, that's correct me if I'm wrong. That's correct, isn't it? Do you want me to quickly run over the stats? We ha- yeah, run over the stats quickly so, for me. The stats in regards to o- obesity, and just looking at the recent studies that were done, and I think it was actually done in by a group in Liverpool. 
is that um, has shown that obesity increases the likelihood of death from COVID-19 by 37%. 37. That is a very large number. Just some quick math for you. And (laughs) that is in regard to obesity. You're talking about, of course, the US is tipped up of that pile of obesity because Donald Flump is at the helm. Um, but they also had the, the highest death, death toll. And then right underneath that is the UK with the highest obesity percentage of the population in Europe alongside the highest death rate in Europe. So if we, if we compare those numbers to countries like China and South Korea with the lowest death rates, less than 5% of adults in these countries or actually obese. I'll just leave that on there for you. See, so that 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 just speaks a thousand words to the fact that our lifestyle as a country is actually very poor. And I truly wish there was an easy way to convince people that being healthy is good. And it does not mean starving yourself of good food or running marathons or being stick thin or being skinny. And I had this conversation with my sister when I put it on Instagram yesterday, there was a hell of a lot of messages and a lot of replies. And no, I will never understand being obese. And some people replied to me being like, you'll never understand this. You don't know. You've got a six pack. You've got that. And they went a bit in on me. And I was like, no, no, I, I don't understand it from that perspective. I understand it from the perspective as a coach and wanting to help people. That is my job. I coach my clients. I help my clients lose weight and fat loss, whatever they're doing. And no, I will not be able to put myself in your shoes because I've never been there and I would never let myself get there so I think it's quite difficult when it comes from a coach for people like me and Ben it's 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 almost like we're attacking people yeah, and you, fat you shaming should, and we're not it's having, what you're talking about is having empathy yeah yeah that that's it 100 percent. and I just wanted to share that with you because it's it this is coming from a place of mine and Ben's hearts it, it truly is but I think just on that topic just this is why I think when some people look at our instagrams or do certain workouts they ask mm-hmm. why it isn't exactly the same maybe on the micro school it's because different people require different levels of coaching and different levels or standards of training to reach a goal it's like when i f- i am by the way as i've probably told you before absolutely shit at swimming so you're not the best i'm not great <laughs> so if i want to get better at swimming it's like me going and looking at michael phelps and going well i'm just gonna copy what he does mm-hmm. but it's not that's that's not like a logical step in regards to me getting better at swimming. So it's exactly the same for someone who is maybe a little bit overweight, maybe classed as obese, looking at some of your workouts, Lucy, and going, I'm just going to do what Lucy does. Yeah. I'm going to dive in the deep end. I'm going to do six, seven workouts a week. I'm going to diet like this. I'm going to live this lifestyle. It's not going to work for them because you're jumping in the deep end before you can fucking paddle. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly the same for if I was to do it with swimming. So that is why there are logical steps in the scaling system in which you can start off and get results without completely crushing your motivation yeah no I agree massively um and I think one of the topics yesterday that was brought up quite a lot was this movement of body positivity that we did want to touch on and I always get advice from my my sister as well when I speak about this because it's really good to get someone else's perspective from an outsider who isn't in the fitness industry and she said something that really resonated with me she just said body positivity isn't physical it's mental anyone can have body positivity 
and everybody like I wish they I wish they do and I wish they could like I've got body positivity Ben has you've got some people who promote things on Instagram that I don't always agree with where they're just saying about like cellulite and they point things out all the time I personally wouldn't do that I think it's natural it's fine you don't need to point it out all women basically have it and but you have some bodybuilders on the other end of the spectrum with two percent body fat who have no body positivity and everyone will look at them and be like oh my god they look absolutely incredible so body positivity is a mental thing and it's not coming we're not coming at you saying oh if you're um, obese you can't be body positive said not at all if you're doing something about it you're being active you're getting a walk in a day and you are positive fantastic like literally that is one of the best things you can be doing is getting moving you've taken on board and you're doing something about it yeah well like we were talking about yesterday in even in regards to, to personally i've been at a place where i've been in the best shape of my life being mm-hmm. diced as a bone but i wasn't happy being there i didn't have great body positivity because it's like that element of the never ending horizon again of i get to a place but then i'd always want to be better so uh, hats off to people who, are, who promote body positivity and are happy in a place with that. But what we're trying to get across is at this point in time, it's dangerous to, about, to, to, to be, how to be, to be safe. It's about being healthy. It's about being safe. And yet be happy in yourself. But at the end of the day, obesity was always looked at something for a long time. as something that will eventually kill you at some point further down the line as you age or is going to have detrimental effects on your health at some point. But now it's being looked at as something that will and can kill you now. Yeah. It's, especially if, you, if you're obviously with the, with the COVID-19 has gone, it can kill you now. And and obviously um, we're not trying to scare monger people. That's the last thing we're trying to do. We're trying to push some education across the line, but it is a, a serious topic. And I don't, and I never believe, and I've always said that, that, that um, criticism or negativity or punishment is ever going to help people achieve something or promote a new behavior a new habit because we know from just looking at the way that our prisons are that we have the highest reoffending rate so prisons and punishment don't work even that's why they got rid of the the um well part of the reason why they got rid of the what's it called in the states that they have the death thing mm. we kill people by death what's it, what's death it, row no not death row but they get they basically they still have uh death as a punishment don't they yeah. Lethal injection, in, or whatever in they certain use. And states. that still doesn't stop people from committing crimes. So I don't believe that punishment is the best way to go about it. I believe that educating people and telling people and making people aware and enlightening people will help people make better decisions and encouraging people via positive reinforcement and giving people advice and putting people in the right direction is what's going to help people make that change. Because it's going to be scary for a lot of people as well. Yeah, I think this whole... Well, I think... COVID-19 is is scary in general and, and definitely at the start and the fact it's it's I don't think anyone thought it was going to go on for this long not in terms of the disease but like in lockdown and isolation obviously there's been a lot of hit on the economy and also in situations like this when you actually look at it with the current the current pandemic it actually might contribute to an increase in obesity rates as for example um if you're someone who is obese and you go to like gym group classes or you go to a class and you have like interventions or whatever it is and we can't go to them at the moment or people can't go to them it's difficult for those people who might be in a place where they know they want to lose the weight and they're not sure where to turn to and I think this is where it's quite hard within the fitness industry because it is unbelievably saturated 
I could not like how saturated is the fitness industry now with with workouts with I don't even know random things so I think it is more difficult for these people to look where to turn to and that's why there is definitely a handful of fitness fitness influencers fitness influencers who are incredible who are looking out for these people and who do want to advise in the in the best way possible and like we said at the start your weight doesn't actually define you as a person not not at all like I personally don't weigh myself and I never have we don't have actually scales here at the moment because they're broken but um your weight does not determine your self-worth but it's the fact that there's now a correlation between weight and health which there always has been but now weight health and covid and it's just pushing that step forward to get people moving a little bit and yeah. that that's really all it is just get get your 10 minute walk in a day you know snack yeah. on some fruit not the chalky bars and it's just about being a bit more proactive and helping yourself in the best way possible for you and your future yeah i don't believe by any means it's easy otherwise no one would be obese. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They just wouldn't. And it's something that obviously you need to take action with now. Taking action is the first thing because being uncomfortable and feeling a bit of fear is what's going to help you. And at the end of the day, by getting up and doing something, it's, yeah, I feel shit, can't be arsed, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what's the worst that's going to happen? You're probably going to feel better from it. So I think at the moment, what a lot of people do is, and I've been guilty of it myself, is they'll just say, or I'll do it tomorrow. And I think at the moment, saying those three words are the, mo- are the most dangerous three words that anyone could say, especially if you are categorized as obese. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Because how, how many tomorrows potentially are you going to even have? I know that's horrible to think of, but again, it's it's kind of one of those things at the moment that it, it, it's a pressing issue. And it's, uh, from some of the again it's only speculation from speaking to a few people yesterday is that potentially because we're looking at the um people who are high risk and if we look at the elderly i think being elderly pushes chance of a risk of dying by like 39 percent and obesity was 37 percent. so if there's only a two percent difference how long is it going to be before people are classed as obese fall into the high risk category and how much would that then affect you and your lifestyle yeah, so it's actually really interesting what you just said there. I had a message yesterday from somebody who is part of the clinical contact team that's due to roll out within the next week or two. And obesity is officially listed for the high risk category, which kind of sums up that podcast. Not, we're not, not finished, by the way, but it sums up what we just spoke about there in terms of that it is a high risk and it is good that something like that the government are taking into consideration because I think there's been a lot of talk about it and they've obviously tried to go about it in the best way. I think it is really good what they did at the start, like stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives, but this is more so like the next step that they need to introduce to to share with the public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously the, the, there's a difference between the way that um, the elderly and people who are obese are, I guess, responding to the COVID-19 um, but with people who have categorised as obese it's the excess body fat that obviously drives underlying health conditions but it also incre- increases chronic inflammation in the body so what happens with COVID-19 with people who class as obese it causes a exaggerated immune response that attacks the lungs so people living with obesity 
their immune system is is being switched off pretty much due to obesity it's it's being ambushed and this is different from old people where their immune system is being through the ringer a few million times or whatever because they've yeah. they've come of age and it it doesn't have the fight in it anymore to mm-hmm. fight covid off so that's obviously the difference when we're looking at the immune responses and the way that it affects the immune system is what helps us fight off the the disease and it was quite interesting because i was listening to something the other day and it was in regards to exercise and doing something and it was from a professor donald o'shea um who was talking about increasing activity and apparently just a five percent increase in activity in um, your daily exercise could help your immune system function by five percent that is incredible that's the first time i've heard that start as well so that that's just that thing of just do a little bit more each day i'm not saying for, for people to, to all, all of a sudden become fucking rambo and go run the streets and wait the best like i do sometimes <laughs> because it's not it's not but, likely to happening that what we're saying is just do something a little bit more and again we spoke about this in the podcast last week when we we're looking at um where you are now is position a and you're looking to get to position b and you're not happy till you get there that's not i don't think an ideal way to look at it yeah have goals but when you look at things as early to lose five stone it's not really going to happen in a space of time and it puts a lot of pressure on you so if you look at yourself as a blank slate and you're just looking to make that extra percent or the extra five percent increase happen or work and get better that's what makes those incremental changes add up yeah definitely and with what ben said there is actually really important it's not say if you're just new to exercise and you want to get involved with it we're not saying do seven hit workouts a week jump up and down smash your body to the floor and you feel like you never want to exercise again we're saying you know start with a 20 minute walk a day get your body moving get out of the house a little bit in in the uk we get to go out once a day and do um, outdoor exercise so go for a walk and then maybe in three weeks time you, you might get get yourself a resistance band and you might start increasing some resistance training into your routine and you do it progressively because what a lot of people end up doing and creating a workout routine and getting the habit of being a fit and healthy person is a habit so it's a habit to create so the more frequently you do it the better it will be and the more it will stick with you. But if you did that habit where you made it really unattractive by looking at it like, oh my God, I need to do five or six workouts a week. They need to be like an hour long. I need to do hit workouts. I need to sweat because sweating's really good. It'll help me burn fat. No, no, no. Let's just pull you, yourself back. Let's do a 20 minute walk a day. Yeah. Done, okay? It, get, it gets you started on your, your journey. And you have to remember your chapter one is completely different to someone else's chapter 20. They're on chapter 20, you're on chapter one, cool. You'll get to chapter 20 one day, but you're on chapter one. So you're gonna start with your 20 minute walk a day. You might do a bit of yoga. Like I said, I think it's really important not to, to kick yourself in the foot before you've even started. Yes, yeah, so what you're talking about is comparing yourself to other people. Comparing I think yourself to other that people. is one of the worst things you can do. And we all do it. We do it in regard to... When you walk past someone else's house, I go, oh, fucking hell, that's a nice house, isn't it? Yeah, it's a nice car, that. Or uh, <laughs> when you pull up with the lights and you go, yeah, I'm in my, <laughs> I'm in my, uh, my 1970s Ford Escort or whatever, and he's driving past me in his Lamborghini. New, well, it's going a bit over the top. We don't get that to many <laughs> Maybe in his range or something like that. But we all do it and we all make comparisons. And, and it's important to know that where you're currently at is just your starting point. But again, it it's easy to say to someone who is overweight or who is obese, just stop eating or just exercise. Well, it's not that easy. It's like saying to someone who's got lung cancer, stop smoking. It's, yeah. it's, it's not as easy as that. 
and there have to be certain steps in place and you have to really commit to something um but just in regards to that obesity note and obviously the first um amount of data that was published in the first research that was published was was more so on people who were severely obese so they were looking at people and categorizing people as severely obese who were if you were female it'd be around 16 stone and for males it'd be around uh 19 and a half stone uh who are people who are average height of course we're not talking about hobbits or giants um and I think it's important to note though still from this, even if you don't fall into that category, it's still a spectrum. Mm-hmm. So, i.e., if you are under this weight or what could still be classed as maybe overweight or, or obese, that there there is still potential risk factors to you. So obviously, i.e., the fitter and healthier you are, the, the better chance you're putting yourself in. And that spectrum moves up and down depending on where you're up to on the weight and obese and um, category to where and how severe the some of the likelihood of it may be if you did catch COVID-19 and getting rid of it and how it affects your immune system. Yeah, and another factor there is, and we're not actually going to speak about this much just because we personally don't know enough about it to speak about, but it is evident that people who are obese or severely obese will lead to type 2 diabetes. So like I said at the start, type 1 is an autoimmune disease. So it's something that you... Um, essentially you, you live with the rest of your life, you do your, your pinpricks on your fingers and you have to control your carb and your sugar intake with your blood sugar. So those people are already doing something about it, they're controlling it every day. Now type 2 however will come about because of being overweight and of course you can do something about that. Now type 2 diabetes, um, diabetes 80% is caused by obesity. 80% that is scary that is a scary stat now you can do something about that you, you can do the walks that I said before you can slowly start to pop yourself into a calorie deficit and you can implement these things slowly you can get yourself a coach you can get yourself additional help whatever you need to do to get yourself back into a more healthy and active position because like we said we just want everybody to be safe yeah and from from a, a self a selfish perspective i suppose that the, the likelihood is that you could take up a hospital bed of someone whose circumstances and symptoms are heightened due to their age and not because of their lifestyle choices mm-hmm. which is a, is a massive factor and i know it's being selfish again but obviously my my grandparents have passed away but if my grandparents are still here and a bed was taken up by someone who's severely obese because of their own lifestyle choices i'd be pretty pissed off yeah in a a selfish way so i think that's something to to obviously think about as well but even before covid came about obesity took up the most beds in the nhs and and you look at that and you're like okay so those two things can be helped but like an autoimmune disease or like a kidney issue or liver whatever it is they can't be helped sometimes and people who need those hospital beds and it's just quite sad i think that it's not changed since covid has happened I just think it's quite um, scary. Yeah, and again, this is just due to education and people people being more aware of stuff. And it's it's great people saying, oh, well, it's great Boris saying, stay at home, stay, stay alert, whatever the fucking slogan is now, and help flatten the, the curve as it keeps going on about. But we can't control that at the moment. But staying fit, healthy and active, which can is control. more important than ever, we have those daily choices and we can control that. And... I'm wow, not powerful. I'm not, that got my heart. I'm not talking about <laughs> getting to a place where you masturbate about how many 
how many abs you have and talk about getting yourself to a place where you're healthy and you're happy for you, for your family and for your future. Oh, that really, that was actually really, the, the, no, it's, it's, it's so that. true. I, I really cry at everything. I just have a really high emotional level. But no, that's, that is completely true. And it's about looking after yourself and wanting to, to, to do the best for you and give give your body a bit of respect, mm-hmm. I think as well. Oh, I keep hitting this new boom arm thing. I don't know what I'm doing. We've got, well we, complicated. If, you've, if you go onto our um, Instagrams t- today, because this will be posted today, you'll see the the image of the new podcast set that we've got up and it just looks like hilarious someone it's amazing below the wires up everywhere <laughs> but hopefully the quality is better for you guys who are listening yeah, and i think what we want to touch on now before we wrap up today's podcast is just some of our tips from a coaching perspective of what we would say you can implement straight away something that isn't gonna bust your balls and something mm-hmm. that you can commit to on a daily basis yeah, so I think the first one is your food shopping. Now, there are a lot of stats that have come out where it's harder to buy organic and fresh food at the moment, obviously due to coronavirus, which does obviously make the situation harder. But I definitely think going to the supermarket with a shopping list of things you need to get will take away that impulse buying of the food that you probably don't want in your house if you are looking to lose a little bit more weight. So you have all your fresh fruit and veggies and proteins and carbs and things on your shopping list, things you need for the week or however often you go to the shops and you just don't actually have like the three packets of cookies and the ice cream and things. You maybe have one pack of cookies instead of three and if it's on the list, it's on the list. But I definitely think going into the supermarket with a shopping list is a very good idea just to, sh- to stop those little impulse yeah. buys. I'm, I'm glad you am. Um you kind of summarized nutrition like that today because I think for a lot of people starting a diet or starting a new diet now is is, it's not the time to do it it's not especially with so much pressure on people a lot of um a lot of issues with mental health cropping up probably more than so than ever because a lot of people stressed and anxious starting a new diet now probably isn't the best time to do it however changing some of your um daily choices um maybe changing your portion sizes changing what you're eating in some degree or form Mm -hmm. saying no a little more often is all these little things add up i think that's the thing again going back to that blackboard analogy it's about making a mark each day and just putting another little mark on putting another little mark on and see how many marks you can put on there to progressively push forward and help you and obviously food shopping is is one of them and one of the ways of doing it yeah now the second one is what I've already banged on about 10 times is walk a little bit more and we would actually advise you do it firstly in the morning so it gets your day off to a really good start this could be 10 minutes it could be 20 minutes it could be an hour like you could just pop your headphones in pop a podcast on or listen to your favorite music and just go for a walk the weather in the UK at the moment, by the way, it's just your weather update, is actually really nice today. And I'd it is even supposed go far, to be so nice. It's absolutely banging today. It's beautiful. So get yourself out there, you know, get your steps up and just start enjoying the process of just going for a walk every morning and start your day off right. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest ones and one of the, the most underestimated ones is literally just going out for a stroll, especially the moment when we don't have a lot of kit at home. 
we don't have a lot of space. Mm-hmm. Just going for a walk, and I talk about this a lot of times in regards to when I'm in a, a weight session or whatever, I can burn four or 500 calories. If I go for a, an over hour walk, I can burn that through a walk as well. And mentally, it can sometimes be a lot more satisfying and a lot less pressure on yourself. And the other thing that you can do, which I would massively, massively push people to do is, there's one to obviously make it enjoyable, so if you enjoy going for a walk, put a podcast on, whatever, or drag someone else with you. Like, get, you can. get someone else to go for a walk with you if there's someone in your household, or when it opens up, we can go for walks with people, or if you can social distance the walk or whatever that is, obviously make sure that wherever you're listening to, to your government guidelines are followed, but keep accountable to someone else. And mm-hmm. I think, again, this leads into if you want to do something more than a walk and once you've started creating those initial habits and you go, I actually want to do a, a bit of a, I want to do a bit of a workout today. I want to do something a bit different. I want a resistance train or get a bit of a sweat on. Then buy something or pay for something because again, that's the biggest form of accountability. It's easy to go online. There's fucking hundreds of thousands of workouts on Instagram, on YouTube, on whatever. People, it doesn't matter. People aren't doing them because they're not committed to it. They'll just watch it and flick through them or double tap that. It looks good. But they don't yeah. do it. If you pay for something, it keeps you accountable to doing it. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, You've literally just taken the words out of my mouth what I was going to say. Yeah, no. So again, with the Instagram workouts, just to, with, with that one. Now, don't set something too hard. And we've already said this to you. And there's a lot of people who do Instagram lives every day. Don't feel like you have to do them every day if you you feel like you physically can't. Don't do some of the workouts that you feel like you that you can't do or wouldn't suit you. You have to do what is right for you. Like I said at the very start, the fitness industry is extremely saturated. So you have to find something or someone that suits you as a person. And maybe you have no equipment at home, so you are doing more HIIT workouts. So do them accordingly, like give your joints a rest and things like that as well. Just for the record, I fucking hate training at home. Yes, Ben hates training at home and I actually really like it. So yeah, just for anyone else out there who's feeling, oh, everyone loves training at home. No, I absolutely hate it. And But again, I know what the benefits are from it and I know how I feel after doing it. So try to make it as fun as possible with some stuff. And but on that note, you've also started doing more running because yeah, you enjoy know, running. So you're this, doing something you enjoy. This is the other thing I was speaking to my mate, Danny, the other day and he's been pushing towards a... Um, half marathon I think and, and generally is terrible at running but I do enjoy seeing people who are putting up like oh I've done a 5k today or I did a 10k today or even smaller things like I've done a 2.5k today great but don't be fucking scared of putting your 5k walk up as well because the more that you can spread that message that you're being yeah. active it gets other people involved and it, it creates more of like that uh, environment for everyone to start getting involved with stuff and sharing the times or sharing their walk or sharing the distance and that is the absolutely brilliant thing by the way which I take it great pride in is our uh, micro school facebook group because there's every single day even if, I, if i'm having a, a shit day personally there's people in that group posting just bang this workout just done this walk just done this mm-hmm. run just done this hike just at this just done this i'm like fuck I, I love it it's like something to thrive off and i think if you surround yourself it's like that old saying that you are the five people that you surround yourself with if you surround yourself with that positivity and that environment where everyone's doing it and everyone's in on it you're going to want to do it. So get creative, do it, share it. And again, if you tell other people about it, you're going to have to keep accountable to it. It's like if I say on Instagram, right, I'm going to do a 5K today. <laughs> Probably most of the time, people are expecting me to put a story up not long after it. About I've 5K. <laughs> I've piss, piss and sweat and, and breathing at my arsehole. So again, 
keeping accountable is the biggest thing at the moment, I believe. Yeah, and if you're a person who is scared to put your time up or whatever it is, a fun thing just to remind yourself your only competition is yourself you're not competing against anyone else I always remember that when I was a swimmer even though I was competing against other people you were competing against yourself so you improve your time yourself you don't compare it to anyone else's and lastly we just want you to know that we're here to help so we are here to help you in any way that you need obviously if you found this podcast helpful we really hope you did as well and we hope it gives you more of an insight into what I was explaining yesterday on Instagram and Ben's going to also do a video on it and we have our coaching school the my coach school which has just hit 34,000 members which is incredible and the podcast is sponsored by the my coach school so you can check that out you can try our free calorie calculator which I think for a lot of you would be really beneficial as well on that like my advice would be if you are looking at calorie calculator have a look at the calories. Don't put yourself into it too much an aggressive deficit. If you're not sure and you never looked at calories before, it's a good place to start. And just start by hitting one gram of protein per day. Don't worry about fat. Don't worry about carbs. Just just get that right. And this is one of the reasons, I'm sure Lucy was just about to touch on it, is we've been running through um, May a 30-day free trial because we just want to help people. We want to help people get into a routine. Yeah. We want to help people give, give people education and just help people be happy and fit and get back into routine even if they don't have a lot of money to spare at the moment there's a 33 sorry 33 there's a 30 day free trial in there the link will be in manly's bios and instagram we'll try and pop it somewhere in the description of the, the podcast if we if we can and you'll just need to use um, code vip free trial to take advantage of that as well all in caps lock so it's mycoachschool.com vip free trial in caps lock yeah and then of course obviously me and lucy both offer uh, one-to-one coaching which is at the moment our next intake won't be until june however oh my god we're halfway through the year oh, <laughs> in Christ. june we will be oh my god oh wow well we, we were actually supposed to be sorry i'm going off topic again we were actually supposed to be in america at the moment so it's um pretty sad times we'd be what would we be doing today would be discovery cove would oh, we discovery swimming cove. swimming around with dolphins and fish and stuff but yeah um our june intake will be starting and we'll be starting to put that out um over the next week if you'd like any information on working one-to-one with me and lucy then you can either drop us an email to uh, um info, info at, at com, or you can feel free to drop us a direct message and i think the important message today is that me and lucy both believe that there isn't enough being done by the government to really help educate people when it comes to this and mm-hmm. the the issues that are occurring from obesity to do with covid19 so i think the more people that you can share this podcast to, the more times you can put it on story, the more times you can send a link to people, the more that you tell people about it, the more that we can help spread this message and educate people. And we obviously really appreciate all of you who are listening. And as Ben said, share it as much as possible. And if you could please leave a little review, we would really appreciate it. And again, a massive thank you for listening. And we will catch you in our next podcast. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.